Hello and welcome to the first Liverpool Way podcast of the summer. Hopefully it'll be the first of many as the plan is to do one every time we sign a new player and it does feel like we might be buying quite a few. Um, Alexis McAllister was announced yesterday so we're here to have a little chat about him, how he's likely to fit in and what that might mean in terms of other signings. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined for this one by Paul Natton and Ian Brown. Uh, Brownie, it's been a little while since you've been on the pod, so uh, we'll start with you. Uh, what are you? What are your thoughts? Excited? Um, it's not a surprise. It's been mooted for a long time, hasn't it? Um, the fee, though, pretty low. Yeah, that's the main thing to come out of it for me. Because when it was touted a few weeks ago, the figures getting thrown about were like seventy million. Um, I saw ninety just, at one point. He was saying he wanted ninety for him and for Caicedo as well. And I was just really pissed off at that point because you, you, at the same time, you're seeing reports come out about Bellingham costing eighty-five mm. or something like that, and you're thinking, "Hang on a sec, this don't don't say the B word while Paul's on." <laughs> but then, like, when he's it gets dead to me, Dave. He's dead to me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, Who sure we'll get to that. <laughs> only been off for a couple of weeks. You only mentioned him, um, fucking hell. Um, yeah, and then it gets announced, and you say, "What thirty-five million up front?" I know there's always the add-on thing, and so you don't know what uh, eventually it's going to well, cost. But... Did you see that um, James Pierce um, piece on the fee before? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He said, like insiders, you know, club sources or whatever, have said there is no add-ons, uh, and the fee is because Brighton are saying fifty-five. They well, not publicly, but Brighton are letting it be known it's fifty-five with add-ons. And it's been reported as thirty-five going to fifty-five, but like James Pierce has sort of said, um, no add-ons, and the fee is it's closer to thirty-five than for than fifty-five. Why the secrecy? Yeah, <laughs> you know what probably, I mean? Just, probably because if it's forty-five. Just tell us it's forty-five. It's, even it's, then, probably, it's for Brighton. Brighton don't want to look like they've been low balls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll also be in the clause. I reckon it'll be something in the clause for for Alexis that he's not supposed to tell people. Yeah. So that'll I mean, be, that'll be mil- part of it as well. Twenty millions a significant amount, isn't it? So thirty-five to fifty-five probably puts a slightly different slant on it. But if you go down the middle, for instance, and you say forty-five, still considerably cheaper than it was being touted at. Yeah. Uh, previous. So in that sense, it looks like good business. But it's the same with any signing, isn't it? Like as soon as it got announced. Everyone was like, "Yeah, good business and that," but you don't know until you start seeing the player play, do you? At the end of the day, we've we've been burnt before. We're, yeah. We've bought players who we've thought have been a good price, and um, people in the chippy will tell you you've probably overpaid. So <laughs> <laughs> he's in that sweet spot though, the, the 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 price range where we've had so much success, though, isn't he? You know, like that thirty to forty-ish million quid. You know, we've we've had so mm. many of those signings in, in that. That bracket, uh, the only one really that's not uh, I can think of, he wasn't like a big success would be Ox. Nabby. He paid like well, Nabby was up more than that. Nabby was like over fifty, wasn't he? In like that thirty, forty million range, you know, Mane, Wijnaldum, Salah, Firmino. Um, there's, there's probably others, Diaz. Uh, so we have done well in in that that bracket, but Ox was probably the only one I can think of that that wasn't. And you know, injuries obviously played a part in that. But it, no, it's the fee is surprisingly low. But obviously that comes down to when he signed that new contract, there was a there was a release clause in there because he had he would have had a year left if he hadn't signed a new contract. So Brighton had to try to protect the value somehow because if he hadn't signed the deal, well, what would they have got for him this summer? He could have just sat tight for another year and gone for nothing. So um, 
yeah, it's worked out well. I mean, just uh, quickly from from my point of view, I know I've said a lot. I hope McAllister since the Brighton game, yeah, the Brighton Everton game. Prematurely aged face. Yeah, yes, that's I'm not. I'm telling no lies. Yeah, <laughs> when, when he when he was like when I first seen him at Brighton, obviously like I do the roundups for the site, so I'm watching match of the day every week. When I first noticed him. He obviously stands out because of his name. You're like, McAllister, what the fuck? And then you find out he's Argentinian and there's a space between the Mark and the Alistair. So it's all just like, it's interesting, you know, so we get there's your attention. There's a lot to unpack there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> unpack that later. Don't worry, we'll get to all that. But So, like, you see all that and he stands out because of that. Um, and he showed some flashes early on at Brighton. You know, they, he, he was like scored a few goals. I seem to remember him scoring against United quite early on. So you notice him because of that. But I thought he was about 26, 27 when I seen him. He's only 24 now, so he must have been like 21 back when I first seen him. So he has got a prematurely aged face. I'm telling no lies there. Now, but that wasn't what I was referring to. It was obviously the, uh, you know, didn't want him because he's got that Brighton stink on him after the Everton game. And, you know, there's a lot of things were said. And it's a chance for me to, to, to walk that back now. <laughs> and I'm not walking it back. I'm, I'm not walking it back. I, I meant it. I meant it at the time. I was angry. I had every right to be angry with everything to do with Brighton. I also said, I'll get over it. You know, if and when we sign him, I'll get over it pretty quickly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm over it now. He signed. That, that's all in the past. Put it to bed. Uh, he's got a he's got a clean slate. Nobody else at Brighton has doubt. The fucking twats. Still want to get relegated. This place is a pass. <laughs> You're going to be out your seat. Yeah. Fucking yeah. nubbed. Brighton jabroni. Yeah, Brighton jabroni. I'll go down the jewels route when when uh, <laughs> when, when Alden when, yeah when Alden replaced his boy Joe Allen and he was known as the, that Newcastle jabroni about, for six about months. About six months after he joined us, Jules <laughs> just went silent. He didn't mention him at all. Yeah. And then about about a month and a half later, suddenly it was uh, it was Wayne Alden and Genie, wasn't it? Yeah, but like for six months, he was outside the chippy calling Newcastle Jabroni. But Paul, go on, you take it away. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, you know, we were talking about Jules and he always says we all love a sign and don't we? And we do. It's it's great. It just gives you a lift. I think the club was absolutely crying out for signings. We all felt that, didn't we? I, I still feel the whole the, the squad really needs shaking up and you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more um, about about further business later on. But I just yeah. think we we need new bloods. We need fresh blood. We need to. It's not even necessarily about signing better players, although you'd always want to do that. You just want to you want to freshen things. You want new faces around the place. You want people who've got a, who are hungry. People who are coming in have got something to prove. I, to, I, I think uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think he ticks all those boxes. Um, and the other thing as well is, is I'm just kind of. Um, Without mentioning, you know, he who shan't be named. I mean, I think you know. Bellingham. Once that was it, yeah. Once that he's dead to me, Dave. He's dead to me. Unless he's dead that all to goes, me, but I can't even mention his name. Unless that, unless that all goes wrong in his six months' time, uh, he wants it. He wants it. Uh, uh, he wants an escape clause. Then he's welcome with open arms. Um, I, I think once that was dead in the water. At that point, then you're thinking, well. If we're not signing him, there better be a really good reason for us to change our strategy. In other words, I want to see multiple players brought in. I want to really see this squad shaken up. Um, and to, to that end, you know, 35 million quid 
for Alexis looks looks great. And also, it's it seems to be going back to you know what we've done well. You touched on it before, Dave, in terms of the age bracket, mm. but also signing players from Premier League clubs. We've had a lot of success with signing players from the Premier League. You know, you think of you know Genie, um, Robbo, Sadio. Um, Sadio, Virgil, even Marwood had played in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. <clears throat> so, so to that end, that strikes me as a you know it's it's kind of like quite reassuring really that we haven't thrown the baby out with the bathwater in terms of our recruitment strategy. You know, I think that there've rightly been some question marks about the most some of the most recent signings, um, but you know to to see us you know retaining that focus on players who are proven in England to, to to a degree. I mean, as Brownie said before, you're not going to really know until he's actually playing for us. Um, but I, I haven't really got too many worries on that score. I think the attitude's right. Really like the fitness thing, the fact that he's he's barely missed a game in his career. I think he had he had COVID and then he was out for one game, one game yeah. with a, a, a muscle strain or something. Um, so that all bodes well. Um, and, you know, he's, he's saying all the right things when he comes in. I mean, the other thing as well is, is that, you know, it's, 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 it's he's, he's, he's won big. He's used to pressure. You know, winning the World Cup is huge. He was yes. outstanding in the World Cup as well. I mean, I didn't watch any of it because for, for all sorts of reasons, I didn't watch any of it, didn't watch a single game, including the final. Um, but I believe he did play well. But, you know, you know, the fact that he was, the fact that he was in Messi's team and that Messi probably carried the team from what, what I understand to that, to, to that victory, there's neither end or there. You know, he still played and won a World Cup final. I mean, he that tells you really something really well huge. with Messi, though. Like, yeah. he, was, he was a key. You know, I believe so, field. yeah. He really was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing I like about him, just in terms of how he plays, is he seems to be very versatile. And I do wonder, in some senses, if he's a little bit like, you know, the, the, the new Milner, in that he's intelligent, he's hard-working, um, he's got it with both feet. Takes a good um, penalty as well. Yeah, and, 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 and dead mm. balls. And he can, play, he can play in numerous positions. I mean, I think, um, I guess we are, we will talk shortly about where we think he'll play, but I think he might play in a couple of different places. Um, and I'm not convinced that we're definitely going to play the same way every week either. So I, I think, think he's coming in as an eight. Like, you know, if we look at the you, traditional way that yeah, we've agreed. set up in the agreed. past. And one, one of the things I like about it, though, is... But do you think left, like, left or right, Brownie? Sorry, on the eight. I think, I think right. he could go either. either I, think, I think he's done both. Like, I've yeah. had a little look into it today. And with Argentina, he was playing more towards the left and floating a little bit. Um, and he's, he has for Brighton being a bit over towards the right. But he, he definitely looks like an all-round player who can do a bit of everything. I don't think he's yeah, necessarily agreed. got one particular thing that he excels at where you go, oh, now he's boss at this. It, but he looks like he can do bits of everything. He and does in that do sense, everything, yeah. In that sense, it's it's kind of like since Gini went, we've mm-hmm. missed a player who's been that like that. Like, he seems to be dogged without the ball, but really good in possession. He, he like, um, shields the ball well. It's difficult to get it off him. But he can pass as well. He can do bits of everything, and I like that. But the main thing for me is this: it makes sense if you think about the business we did, like last year. We were all scratching our head a little bit, weren't we? Thinking, "Oh, this is interesting. Why are we signing that player? Because that doesn't seem to fit like a plan or some kind of like yeah. you know the style of signing that we've done in the past. This feels a bit more orthodox for what we've done over the last few years and bringing players in. So that that to me gives me a little bit I don't know I'm a bit more reassured about about that as the first sign and but there needs to be more to come we'll we'll, we'll get on to it but we need I think we need a new six who's going to 
play behind the likes of yeah. Alexis and anyone Sunderland. else you yeah. bring in, and that, yeah, that's the next too. thing for me. I'm like, get the six in. We Same. will get to that, Same. but just quickly on that point, you're talking about like it makes sense and it looks like okay, this is what you associate us with this type of deal. The other players who've been linked with as well all come into that category, but we will yeah. get to them later. Um, but yeah, just going back to the World Cup, um, I watch most Argentina games, maybe even all of them. I don't know. There's loads of games I didn't watch, but I usually tuned in for Argentina. Uh, he didn't play in the first game, I think. They got beat by Saudi Arabia, didn't he? And I think he came in after that because they shook the team up because they were shit. He's only played game. once before the World Cup, I read yeah. today. And it, when he came in after that game, because like it was, you know, it was like, look, this can't go on. This is not acceptable. We need to shake it up or we're going home. And he came in and straight away he, he did really well. But he was flying for Brighton up to that point as well because the first half of the season, like he really kicked on this year because he was always like. A highlights player, you know, you'd see him now and again on match of the day, and he'd do something. But like, he wasn't someone who like all the time was like standing out. But this year, he just really just stepped up a level, and he was just brilliant all the time. Obviously, Brighton had a really good season up until he fucking. I'm not even going to mention it again. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm referring to. But up until that point, he was sensational, and he was like a massive part of it. But. You know, Paul, you said then about you don't think we're going to play the same way all the time. I don't know either. I'm not sure. I think like I think we will see quite a lot of what we did towards the end of the season. But I do think there's going to be times when we might mix it up and say, okay, Trent, you're playing right back today. We're going back to 4-3-3. And McAllister, he fits in the 4-3-3. In, he can basically play any of the three positions, but you'd see him more in one of like the you know the two number eight roles, right or left. But in yeah. like the, the the kind of like the box midfield that we've been playing, well, he could play Fabinho's position if need be. But then you look where Curtis has been playing and where Hendo's been playing, he can fill any of them roles. And because he's got a goal threat, you know, he can he can create a goal, he can score a goal. You want him in and around the box as well. So. The, the, the Curtis position or the Hendo position, I think that's where uh, yeah, I think we'll I, see him mostly in, in that role. I think I think I agree with that. I think I would prefer him on the right in the Hendo slot, really, because, um, I mean, he can use both feet, but he's he, he, he's better on his right, I think, from memory. Yeah. Um, and I just think that just contrasts a little bit with Mo who wants to come in onto his left. It just gives you that little bit more. He can push wide, give you a bit of width. Um, and, and also, you know, he's got... He's got the creativity to play in those little pockets of space in that hole there. Um, if, if Mo pulls wide, pulls wide and stays stays out wide. I mean, I think the, the, the key thing for me is that his career seems to be in the ascendancy. I don't just mean his game, sorry, rather his career. His career is obviously in the ascendancy. He's just joined Liverpool. Mm. He's just won the World Cup. His game seems to be in the ascendancy. He seems to be improving a pace. And I think, you know, if there's one manager in world football who you'd back to take a young and hungry player and improve them, it's Klopp, um, you know. I, I, I just, I, I feel quite, uh, I feel quite excited, really, about the prospect of what Klopp is going to do with um, this sign, and I'm with, I'm with others as well. Um, I think, I think we are going to. For me, what it really represents is I, I feel pretty convinced now that Klopp absolutely saw what we all saw. I mean, I suppose it'd be stupid to think otherwise, but that he's going to react to what we all saw, and that he wants that completely revitalized, re-energized. Liverpool, the high intensity, high pressure, intelligent, classy football all over the pitch, you know. And I think that was that was what was the real shock for us all last season. I think is that we just fell so far away from that. And even when we sort of um, we galvanised ourselves a little bit at the end of the season, 
we, had, we were a moment's right, team. Was yeah, we were a moment's team rather yeah. than a you know you know a game to game team, weren't we? Um, and I think I really McAllister for me um, represents that that sort of affirmation that the Klopp wants us back to back to that. Um, and I think the other players that we've been linked with say the same thing. So yeah, very reassuring, really. I think I just feel reassured by this by this move. I think it's we've gone early. Klopp made set a stall out. He wants them all done as soon as possible. He wants them all in for pre-season. And we've talked about what a problem pre-season was last year. So that obviously makes sense. Um, and we've 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 been as good as as good as our words. You know, Klopp said he wanted it, wanted these deals done, and the first one's done. So yeah, great. Do you know who I think this is going to be good for? I think you're going to like this, Dave. I think this signing in particular is going to be good for Darwin. Someone else who watching... speaks his language. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can talk to him. I've been watching bits today on Alexis, because I haven't seen loads of him, but I've been impressed when I've seen him, but I wanted to have a little bit of a deeper look. And he's got this like threaded through ball that he plays, which he doesn't always yeah. play, but he's got it in his locker. And honestly, at the match this season, he amounted like... The... I... I, I you know, I'm not quite with Jules on Darwin, but I, I do have worries about him in terms of is he a bit one-dimensional. But one thing I would say about him is his movement's really good. The amount of times he's bending the run and trying to get in between gaps and get in behind and the ball doesn't come. You, yeah. you see him get visibly frustrated because our midfield's not really geared up to do that. Like, I'm not going to get on Hendo's back here, but that's not his game. And Jordan Henson is a Liverpool legend. He's an unbelievable player. He brings unreal energy. There's loads of different things he brings to the team. One thing Hendo doesn't do, though, is he doesn't pull the trigger a lot on those through balls because it isn't his game. It's not a strength of his game. And the amount of times you'd see Darwin making that run and the ball just wouldn't come and he's getting pissed off. I, I do wonder whether we've realised the mistake that we've made in terms of signing a player who doesn't fit the style and now some of the signings that are going to come between now and, and the end of the summer are almost to rectify that and play towards what Darwin's strengths are. And I think this so is the you, first are, one for that. Are you thinking about that out-to-in run? Brownie, the, from the left left into the centre. Yeah, or the one which, where the centre half kind of just falls asleep a little second. He, he goes behind him and then he goes in front of him in between yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, full yeah, back yeah. and the centre yeah. half. And we and, haven't and quite needs... had the midfield. It's about timing and it's about weight of pass. And that's and being on the Alexis same wavelength as well, isn't it? Trent's the only one who does it regularly for him. No, yeah, Trent but Trent now pass, going but... deeper, it's a different pass in it and it's easier to read for the defender. Yeah. This is more like Alexis getting in those little pockets where it's too late to react for the defender because it's only a little 10 yard and as long as the weight's right, then you're through on goal, that yeah, kind of thing. That's, That's the... what I'll be looking out for anyway. I it. think a part of the problem as well is like Darwin makes the run and the ball doesn't come or it... But... Not even just that. Sometimes it comes, but it's too late, and he's offside, and and everyone's like, "Oh, he's fucking yeah. running offside again." But it's timing, you know. You can't stop. Yes. It's yeah. like you're making your own, but you, you can't then just stop because the ball doesn't come. You you either go or you don't go. And there's, there was times when like yeah, there was times when he's just ran offside, and that's on him. But there's other times when like the ball just doesn't come, and then it comes too late, and he's offside, and it looks like it's his fault. It's all to do with just getting that right, you know, just... And that's a good point. I mean, it is a strength that McAllister's playing that pass. And the big difference is he's now not going to be playing it to Danny Welbeck. You know, so that's obviously going to help. He's playing those passes <laughs> to, to Mo Salah, making that run in, or, or Darwin if he's playing, or Jota or, or whoever. So, you know, it's that's going to be... Um, it's going to be beneficial for him as well. Um, I just think that when we're talking about where we think he'll play... He can play in a lot of positions. I don't necessarily know which one it's going to be because all of that really just depends on who else we buy and where they play. 
You know, so at the yeah. moment, like I agree with you, Paul. I'm thinking, yeah, Hendo's position that might suit him. But if we sign somebody, um, to, well, like for example, like the the Spanish kid uh, Vega, who we've been linked with, maybe that's maybe he would play there or, um, Kone. Maybe that's where he plays. I don't know. You know, they, just players who we've been linked with. Until we actually know who we've got, it's difficult to then say like where people are going to play. Plus, there'll be a lot of rotation as well. Yeah, I agree with that about rotation. It does make sense, all the points you made there. What would frustrate me is if when we're finally starting to get Curtis into into a groove, fit and firing and hungry and producing for the team and giving us all aspects of what he can do. You know, he seemed to put his own game on hold for the last couple of years when he was when he was fit in order to follow instructions. But just in that last run of games, he seemed to, you know, got three goals. Um, he seemed to be opening up in terms of his confidence and playing that attacking Gay, that, that attacking football that we, we saw from him in the uh, in well, the youth the team. The role changed, Paul, didn't it? He's, he's he, kind of a number 10 now. We play like two number 10s rather than... Yeah, but what, what worries me is what I don't want is, and I don't think anyone can expect to be, and I don't want anyone being a na- nailed on every single week player at the moment. I think that's one of the things that we went too far down that road without freshening the squad. Yeah. But what I don't want is for it to knock Curtis back. I don't want Curtis to feel like mm-hmm. he's done all this to get into this position and then... Uh, and then, and then get a knockback by just another young player coming in when he's just starting to find his feet himself. Yeah, that, I agree with that. But I do I think, think that, that rotation is going to be a big thing, and I think there'll be chances for all of them, really. Yeah, that's true. But it just further enhances the point that it looks like it's Hendo who needs to be looking over his shoulder. But Hendo's probably transitioning, we've said this before, into the Millie role, isn't he? Mm. You know, yeah. In terms of how well, right, he's it? got on the clock and everything. Yeah, absolutely. He's still got a lot to offer. It just might yeah. be you'll have to be a bit more selective about what the games are. But I, I, I just think his, be playing the his I mean, without dismissing him as a player, you know, I think, I mean, I am disappointed he hasn't uh, retired from international football this yep. summer. I think that, that is a worry. That's a genuine worry. Um, but without without sort of dis- yeah, it's a mistake. You're right. It's it's more than a worry. It's a mistake. Absolutely. I think without dismissing his ability as a footballer or his capacity to have you know an Indian summer in his career, because I think he will once he does give up uh, international football. I think he's so naturally fit that I think he will do a bit of a Milner and play on and on, um, albeit maybe sporadically. Um, I do think his role in the club will have to be more about culture setting and leadership and moulding the younger players. I know that's been a big element of his game, of, of, his, of his role already, but I think he'll have to, he will have to lean into that more, I think, um, because, you know, the squad's going to need it. They're going to need some of those older, wiser heads. I mean, I suppose you could argue there's other players who also need to take on more of that leadership role, you know, like Sir Robbo, coming to 29. He needs to, that needs to be, Virgil he can't just well. be, Virgil, absolutely. Um, I think Mo's already started to show that, hasn't he? Mo's already done that with Harvey and, mm. and players like that. Um, but I certainly think, you know, that culture setting leadership role for Hendo is is huge, really. And um, I, I, I think it'd be a mistake to lose that at this stage. I think with the club, the club will need that with this big influx of young players coming through, hopefully. Just because you mentioned his name there, Paul, that it makes you think about Harvey, for me, similar to your point with Curtis. Now, Curtis obviously had a massive contribution towards the end of the season. Harvey's had some spells where he's contributed a lot, but this could be a bit of a woody for Harvey. Because if you've got Alexa, if we're going with the box midfield and you've got Alexis on that right side of it, Hendo's kind of back up, so where does it leave Harvey? Because you don't tend to want him over on the left, you want him more on the right of that midfield position. You so may, may overtake Hendo. 
he might yeah, get yeah, Hensel may end up being like cover at, at six. You know, we they, they maybe move him a little bit deeper and have yeah. him play in that position. We don't know. Okay. I, I still think Harvey's gonna gonna play like a fairly big role because they, they think so much of him, and I actually think that the change in, in system probably initially I didn't think it benefited him just from the way Hendo was playing that position where a lot of it was like overlapping on the right hand side and whipping crosses in. I don't necessarily think that's what that role will be. You know, it's just like having two number 10s there. And we've always said, you know, the Harvey ideally is a number 10. You know, he's not quick enough to play right wing. He's not really physical enough to be playing like, in the, you know, right in the middle of the thick of the midfield. But if we're playing this formation and it's about, like Klopp said himself, it's about those two players further forward. It's about them getting between the lines. Well, that's what Harvey can yeah. do. So yeah. I one think that will stuff. suit him. And there's two one positions stuff, now. Great vision. Yeah. yeah. Instead of that. instead yeah. of one, there's two. There's two positions now instead of just having one. So I think, you know, it's I think he'll be okay because you got to look at the age profile of other midfielders. We mentioned Hendo, but Thiago. I mean, I I think Thiago might go. I think he should. I think, I think he should as well. Mm. I, think I don't well. think the system only. suits him now. The, the change in system, there's only really the Fabinho position that that suits Thiago. I, I mean, think he can play. I, can, I think he can play the other, the, you know, the, the more advanced midfield position. I don't think that's don't think not that my suits concern. Him. Mind, I think he can do it. I think he's a brilliant player. I just think it's yeah. um, available. I mean, yeah. But also finance. I mean, he's on massive money, and you know, when we're thinking about having to do a massive rebuild, you've got to really be looking at where you're spending your money. And he's not. He has. He doesn't justify the no. wages that Plays he's earned. Yeah, he just doesn't. I, I don't. I don't think there's any question at all about Thiago in terms of his quality. I don't know a single red who doesn't oh, think brilliant. he's an absolutely fantastic player. But I, I, I'm pretty much feel now that I can say that he hasn't worked as a signing. In that, I think what Klopp was looking for was more control. And I think when we gained some more of that control initially. Um, we didn't. We lost. We lost other things with it as we took that control. You know, I think when the, in the in the, the season when we won the title, we got ninety odd points though with him playing midfield and like nearly won everything. We, we did, but we games, did, so but I we but we nice. lost, but we lost the intensity, didn't we? And I think what my point is, if you're going to change the way you play like that off the back of one player, then it needs to be more than for one season, doesn't it? And I think you know if you're going to totally change, move away, move away from your identity, a new identity has to emerge. And I think what Klopp has realised is, is that and I'm not Klopp, I'm not saying he's putting everything on Thiago. And I'm not putting everything on Thiago at all. But it's just really coming back to me. And there's multiple reasons why we've lost that intensity. But I think Thiago has been a factor in that loss of intensity. Um, and um, you know, I, I just think that if we're moving towards these younger players um, and, a, and a more intense style of football again. That I think now is probably a good time to move him on for all the pragmatic reasons that you just both mentioned as well: age, availability, cost, etc. I wouldn't be averse to letting him go on a free if that's what it took to I move think him on. There wouldn't be a choice. I don't think we'd get a fee for him based on yeah. his wages. But I, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that about the the intensity because I feel like Thiago. He's one of the most intense. Yeah, players I'm have. not talking about him. I'm talking about the team. I'm talking about the whole team, really. That, I just that think can't be on one player. Yeah, though, I, I don't think it's on it's thing. on him as such. I, I, I think I, it's more a tactical shift. Where I, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's we want it to be a possession-based team it, rather yeah, than like that's what, that's, that's the way my point. Rare, but... that he, he's emblematic of that of that tactical shift, mm. and I think that's that's what I'm really saying is that I don't really feel that tactical shift worked. And I've always lauded Klopp for wanting to make those tweaks and changes, and I thought he was right to do it at the time. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying it was a disaster. It clearly wasn't a disaster. And it's and and you look at Thiago, and he's quite clearly an absolutely 
class act. He's had some great performances for us and played really well. A great great player, love well, to watch like him. Yeah, I, I, I just think that was always planned to be a short-term one. I mean, you look at his age, that naturally you're going to go down that route, aren't you? What do you think? It's, it's never though. long-term You know, one. you can look at it this way with Thiago. If he's played less than 50%, I think, like since he's been here, you know, you, yeah. you're generally getting half a season out of him. So what that means is you might as well double his wage. Whatever we're paying him, in reality, we're basically playing paying him double because half the season he's not he's not contributing. So you're yeah. paying him like double so for, talking, for when he is. You're talking more money, aren't you? It's yeah, it's not. It's just not cost effective. And I love Thiago. I think he's brilliant. Aren't the stats mad for when he does play yeah. in terms of win percentage? And yeah, everything? They, that proves is. the point of how good he is on his own. But it, you could argue to to Paul's point that. When he's not available, you're then suddenly stuck thinking, hang on, this is our style, but you we can't don't go have back. that yeah. type of player. Yeah. We don't have that type of player. And we're not yeah. training the way we used to, to play that old way, potentially. I mean, they probably are, but it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. But it leaves you stuck between two styles a little bit, doesn't it? So yeah, I think if you're bringing in a load of new players, which, I mean, we'll, we'll get to this shortly, but my suspicion is we're going to sign four midfield players. That That's the, the feeling that I'm getting. It's going to be a minimum of three. But minimum it might, three, it might, it might be four. Now, Something's going to have to give, and, and Thiago's. Uh, I don't know. I I think Thiago's the more obvious one. Be- I think I want, Fabinho. I, I think go. I think Fabinho will will be here for the transition between you know the new players coming in. I don't think I, I think he'll he'll keep him around as as like a six, not necessarily playing every game. And whoever you know, if it if it's Turam, for example, if he comes in to play that role, I think. They'll bed him in gently, and and Fabinho will still be there playing games. I don't think they'll just cast him aside. I think it'll be like, okay, one more year out of Fabinho, and yeah. then we move him on if if the replacements are up to the job. I think that's how that'll play out. But I just don't think that I don't think there's a a, a role for Thiago, and I hate saying that because I, I think he's brilliant and he's a great fella and all that. But for somebody who misses as many games as he does. The age, the salary, the fact that there's no defined role in this team where you think, yep, that's where Thiago's going to play. Um, I just think it, it makes sense that he would be one who's going to have to move on. Plus, there's the other factor, which we haven't even mentioned yet, is like, you know, the overseas quota. Someone's going to have to go. If it like it looks like we're not signing English players, you know, um, the the Mason Mount thing, um, Conor Gallagher, whoever else we are linked with English players, not, none of those are happening. All the players are linked there. They're going to be taking up a, an overseas space, and you're only allowed 17. So one or two are going to have to go, and it looks like Adrian's staying. So there's there's one it, it, like who we would have thought, well, that's an expendable one. You know, if Adrian goes, that opens up an overseas space. You just sign like a veteran English goalkeeper as your third choice because he's never going to play anyway. Um, but no, so it, it, I think I think Thiago's like at risk. And getting a little bit sidetracked here, but I also think we've probably seen the last of Costas because yeah, the, 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 the formation definitely. change it doesn't even really suit Robbo that much. But you feel like Robbo could adapt to what we're doing. It's not going to suit Costas, and it, you know if you're playing that way, yeah, I think you need to have like a, a left-sided centre back playing that role. Now I'm not and saying before you talk about pressure on Virgil, which yeah, I think he needs. Well, yeah. So if you signed a left-sided centre back, like. I mean, if if you look like the comparison would be like, say, you know, Man City, where where they play with like the, it's John Stones in there now, but you know, previously it was it was Cancelo, wasn't it? Um, so you inverted fullback, so the the fullback on the opposite side has to be kind of like a dual 
combination centre-back stroke full-back type, which is not Costas at all. Costas is like a, a marauding left-back, It's and he's small. You know, that's not the profile for that system. You know, Robbo's not even the profile, but Robbo's Robbo. So you're going to try to find, you know, a, a place for Robbo. You go, okay, you can just adapt and you can play there. Sometimes we'll play with, with the two uh, attacking fullbacks. But when we're playing this particular system, I think, like, if you've got a left-sided centre-back, like a left-footed, like the, we've been linked with the, with the Dutch guy, haven't we, uh, Van der Ven, who fits that profile. He's, like, he's tall, he's really fast, he's left-footed, he can play left-back or centre-back. So that's a more natural fit than Costas. And because you, you might need to be freeing up an overseas space as well, I just think Costas is, like, a really obvious choice. And again, I'll really, really miss him if he goes. Uh, you might get a bit of money for him. You've yeah, got a huge amount, but, but you'll get you'll get a decent thing. Practical, it, it's a it's a practical decision. It makes sense yeah. to do that, yeah. and, it, it, and if you take sentiment out of it, it makes sense to do it. No, but sentiment is there for me, and I love Costas, and I will be gutted if he goes. But I can see it happening, and I, I struggle to argue against why it should happen. Um, but yeah, that we'll we'll save that for when we sign the left sided centre back pod. We'll we'll they we'll cover that then. Um, the thing is, we're sidetracked. We're assuming we're going to keep that same shape, aren't we? With Trent playing that kind of hybrid role. I, I think mean, we will. I don't think necessarily every game, but I do think we're going to see a lot of it because he went so big on it at the end of the season, yeah, didn't he? And he he he, he kind of I don't remember the exact quote, but the implication was that. He brought forward this season. idea. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like, yeah. okay, we've got nothing to lose now. We might as well just do it now. So, if that was the the plan moving forward, and they've just accelerated it because we were shit and it looked like the season was over, it's like, okay, not not left to to lose here. Let's just go for it. Let's have a look at it for next season. I'm so skeptical then, about that. I think it's worked well, but I think we've we've had a few square pegs in in round holes. Whereas if we're, the signings that we're making. If they're with that system in mind, I think it could work really well. But it's I don't think it's a long term thing where like in three years' time we'll still be doing it because it just football just evolves and like tactics evolve and teams get used to playing against teams who play a certain way, they'll find ways to nullify it and then you have to come up with another plan to do something different. But I do think next season that's mostly what we're gonna do. But I I don't want us to just completely abandon what we did before because there's a place for that. You know, there'll be certain games where teams might think, right, we can set up to stop Trent in midfield. This is what we're going to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, bump, two marauding fullbacks. You know, like the, the, the midfield and the midfield players who we've been linked with can do this you know if we play like the way we used to play and it's all about legs and energy and covering the full backs and getting your foot in and stopping counter attacks you know the likes of um, Turam and Kone players like that they'll do that you know so we'd still have the option to play that way with the two marauding full backs so I don't want us to abandon that because it worked so well for so long You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. And, and do you know the other thing, Dave, is that 
I, I, I thought about this more and more over the last couple of seasons. I mean, we, we I, I think we probably would all agree. We're probably seeing the pinnacle that we've ever seen in English football now in terms of tactics, technique, um, game intelligence in players, managers. We've probably got the, we easily got the best set of managers across the league regardless of how many come and go in terms of their ability to set teams up tactically and to do interesting things that there's ever been. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, that it, and, it, and the style of football that pretty much everyone plays is high intensity, high pressure, attacking football. Even teams that hit on the counter um, do so in a much more um, frequent, consistent, regular way. Um, and I think that one of the things that's really I was think, thought, thinking quite a lot about weird results and big, big swings in scores and, and some big high-scoring games. We, we've had some of our highest-scoring games ever over the last few seasons. And I know there's been mad things going on at the same time, which I'm convinced have affected it, like COVID and like the World Cup in the middle of the last campaign. But I think a part of it is how intricate the tactical setups are. And it's very much, you know, like it's so, so finely tuned and if you have a tiny little bit of the team that's not functioning properly, then it exposes um, structural weaknesses. You know, and, and the, the teams, the, the coaches that you that you're facing are, are people who are able to see through those gaps and players who are technically and tactically and mentally good enough to exploit them. So that's why you can see like a Brighton who, not just against us, can play through the best team's press. You know, we've seen them this season. I mean, before we realised that the wheels have come off Chelsea, they absolutely played through Chelsea repeatedly when, when they faced them earlier in the season. I think they, from memory, they did it against City as well, certainly did it against us. But equally, you see teams like us can have big losses when we have an off day. Um, and, and I think that that's a reason why you've got to have that tactical flexibility if you're a Liverpool, to be able to change it. And maybe change it in the middle of a game as well. But certainly you've got to change it from... From, from game to game in terms of who you're facing you've got you've got I mean I think Klopp's already wedded to the idea that you have to keep shaking things up and changing things and adapting and so molding recently, tactics didn't he, that that's part yeah. of like what we do is we make little tweaks and we do it yeah, on a I, I, he's, he's, he's done it he's done it always really hasn't he he's, he's done it throughout um, but I think that we've got to be able to we've got to be prepared to do it on a game to game basis um, depending on who we're facing because you know a Brentford will set up very differently to a City will set up very differently to a Sean Dyche's Everton you know what I mean and I think you've got to be prepared to, you need to mix adapt. it up for, yeah. for anyone for whoever you're playing yeah but the players we've been linked with that that's the encouraging thing for me I mean, we haven't Absolutely. them so yeah. we don't want to be too premature yeah. Yeah. I do think that it's likely that we're going to get Kone and Siram based on like all the reports and just it just feels like it doesn't it like that it does yeah I agree yeah and those two are like all action versatile can do different things mobile uh, powerful it, yeah just very is much Kone, isn't Kone a six I'm only saying that yeah, bits I've watched of him where he's a destroyer he looked no, like he was just he's more no he's more attacking just, Kone yeah, he's more oh, right, okay I, mean, I think I think Toram's more of a six I mean neither of them are strictly a six but Toram looks more of a six to me I think they can both do it, and and they can both, they can both play like you know as eights as well. Um, yeah. It it just I think it would just give us a lot of flexibility if you had them, you know, especially going back to if we wanted to go back to the four three three and just the, the, all the, a lot of the problems that Trent had 
we know some of it was on him and his head went and he just lost confidence and you know he wasn't doing the basics and stuff but a lot of it was also to do with structure yeah. and the way the Lack team was playing yeah just like you'd say protection and i agree but i think it's also it's more more to do with energy and speed you know yeah and the intricacies of the of the setup as well what i was talking about before yeah you know everything's so fa- interconnected isn't it and if one player's off then it creates gaps elsewhere and also you're saying about one player being off and it, it's not like it's not one player that's the problem do you know what i mean it was like everybody was a bit yeah, off wherever right. we were right. we're on the pitch yeah. we were too late to, to everything yeah. and if you bring in players who are not too late you know the the, the quick the aggressive the front foot they'll just be there so when our attacks break down what, what was happening previously when we were good was like the attack would break down and we'd immediately just win it back again and, it, and yeah. the other yeah. team was like shit now yeah. what you know we just catch them and then you, you watch like the first six months of last season and it was like our attack would break down and then it was like bump 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 three passes and they went in running clear on Allison. and you're like how the fuck did that happen what's going on and that was that was every week as well no matter and, who you were yeah and we, we all were, said we oh it's Fabinho but it wasn't just Fabinho it was everything it was like you know it was the, the, the forwards the midfield the fullbacks are like stranded up the pitch and it was all of that was we were getting exposed but ultimately it was there just wasn't enough legs and energy and aggression yeah. in the team we were still Agreed. trying to do the right thing. You could see it. It was like yeah. the same tr- triggers and everything, but everything was half a second later Too slow than to previous. Everything. And that just kills you because it, it goes back to Paul's point that like the, the way the game is evolving, especially in the Premier League, is it's getting a hell of a lot more tactical. So these coaches are able to spot what it is that you're doing and they can make adjustments to it. And you saw that last year, didn't you? Brighton's a perfect example. And that actually leads in nice to McAllister, doesn't it? That... If you think about it, when he played for Potter, although they were a team that loved to keep possession, they, they didn't score any goals, did they? And then that Derby comes in and yeah. he t- turns yeah. them into a team who suddenly, they mirrored yeah. like kind of what we do. So he's almost had a year of auditioning in the role. So you can see why he, the he scouts moved, and Klopp he moved, um, he moved Alexis up the pitch a bit, didn't he? He, gave him, he? he just fine-tuned his role a little bit and got him closer to goal a little bit than yeah. he was playing. You can see why he's he in a double pivot for Potter. Because he, he's playing in a team who were playing with the, you know, the identity we used to have in terms of uh, intensity and winning the ball back so quickly. So they can almost say... It's not like we're going and getting a, a player out of a team who's just been relegated. And there's no problem with that. We've done it in the past with the likes of Genie. But this one's even better in the sense that you're getting a player... He's just had that audition in the team doing the same thing that we're going to be doing. Yeah. So it's, it's good in yeah. that sense. All this yeah, Brighton talk just kind of got me all like, itchy and scratchy here. I'm not, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with this talking about how great Brighton style is and all that. Where the fuck was that when he played Everton? The fucking pricks. <sighs> yeah, it's not something that I'm going to get over. I might have forgiven McAllister, but not Brighton. You've, you've only just got over that Leicester game, haven't you? Never mind the Brighton one. It's going to take a while. The Leicester game, which which Leicester game you're referring to? It proves the proves the point. Remember the previous year, the one that cost us. Oh, the that league. one. Yeah, I thought you meant <laughs> the, the Leicester Everton game the other week. No, that one that, that cost us. Well, I, it was right. It was. It did cost. No, us no. The my league. point is, you'll eventually get there. You just yeah. need a little bit more time. No, I was. I said for months afterwards about that game. I, I was boring myself. I was going on about it that much, but it, you know it was true. That was the game that like ultimately like. 
you drop points during the season, and I can't believe I'm going over this again. This is we don't need to do it. We don't need to. I want to make me point, and then <laughs> and then it's over. You're going to drop points during Tell the us season. Tell about the time wasted by Villa Day. Oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that because we didn't talk about that enough. No, you're going to drop points. We all know that you're not going to win every game, and you lose you lose away at Brentford and you have a bad day. You're like, okay, that can happen. That Leicester game should never, ever, ever have happened. That was unforgivable for us to lose that yes. game. Now, Villa's time-wasting. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let, let, let's talk about McAllister's family. His brother, Kevin. <laughs> Do you reckon we might sign him at some point? Because he's younger, so he might be good. He's playing in Argentina. I've no idea. I'm, I'm sure we'll have looked at we'll, we'll know whether he's good, won't yeah. we? The way the club's set he's up. Got, he's got, and Francis as well. He's got Francis McAllister. I mean, what's going Kevin on with McAllister. the name, just in general, like, for, for Naji? You know, it takes a little bit of the gloss off, doesn't it? You know, when you sign, like, a South American, you want, like, I don't know, you want, like, Lopez or something, don't you? You know, yeah. like, this really sexy Suarez. name. Suarez. I mean, I can, I can get on board with the whole, like, the family came from Ireland four generations ago, but what the fuck? Why is there a gap in the middle of it? Like, no, but his dad it looks Matt? like he came from Glasgow Alistair? four weeks ago, not like fucking... His <laughs> yeah. fella looks like someone ordered Alex McLeish on Wish.com. Have you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. You look at him like, fucking hell, it's like Alex McLeish, like the Shelbyville Alex McLeish. <laughs> but no, the whole thing's fucking bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, it's going to be Alexis to me when I'm writing this now. Can, can I be arsed writing out McAllister like that every a, single time? What about the it's uh, going to be Alexis? A, what about the AI, AI? A, a, the AI song? That... Fucking hell. <laughs> terrifying. Oh, what my God. It's terrifying well, the that, thing that, is, that can happen. Fair, fair play to the club, by the way, for putting that yeah, on Twitter. That, that, that was, was brilliant. Yeah. That was really good. They're always See, good what, at what, stuff what like the, that. Though, what was it? the most terrifying thing was? I think somebody was just doing it as a piss take. But then some of the internet knobheads thought it was great and we're all getting on board with it. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I reckon it might be. Might be. You're some. gonna be singing it in a few months, you Paul. <laughs> telling you, you're gonna be jumping up and down with a scarf going round your head and everything. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I think there's a good, there's a good possibility. <laughs> I just start wonder what, what are we doing here? Like, you know, have we not learnt anything from the movies? You, you can't be like this AI thing is just gonna fucking. It's it's just gonna be the end of us all. Cyber. Cyberdyne systems. It's mad, like someone the just goes, coming come up with a song for McAllister signing for Liverpool, and they actually come up with a song that's better than like ninety percent of what fans are going to come up with. There's some seriously scary shit with that. Like, it's terrifying. Go off on a tangent with it, but I mean, it's it, it like fake voices, doesn't it? Like, I heard the song the other day, and like somebody put into the AI, or oh, I want Jay Z to sing this song, and then Jay Z's voice, which doesn't even exist, and he's singing this fucking rap on it, and you're like, what? Biggie, Biggie, it was not Jay Z, but yeah. No, Same this is Jay Z. Jay Z does exist though. He's still alive. No, I mean, it, he didn't sing that song. The AI. Oh, did right, it. It okay. Generated it yeah. with what? It yeah, I mean, it's mad, isn't it? Mad. The whole thing is proper mad. No, I, I just think we're fucked because eventually AI will realise like that that the biggest problem with this planet is fucking people, and they go, yeah, you know what? Let's fuck them off. And, and yeah. rightly so, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't even argue. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you, you'd probably be right if you just decided to wipe us out. Cause like, next, stage, ne- next stage evolution, isn't it? Yeah, 
It, it is survival of the fittest. The AI is fitter than humans. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying to me. Back to the footy, though. It's all as gone. Long, this is all gone. As long, as, now. The, uh, as long as they go for Brighton first, they do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. And chippies, <laughs> chippy knobheads. No, you can't be getting rid of chippies. Fucking oh, hell, that's starve. <laughs> Just gonna say, wash your mouth out. Yeah, go she for the chippies. Yeah. By the AI, chippy no beds, not chippies. Take you out, Dave. Fucking now, get to the chippies. Jesus. <laughs> Listen to the genuine anguish I've, of his voice. I've got a cold sweat on here. <laughs> so what? What if we? Uh, I, I, actually, I need to address this now because we did say about like coming back and doing it, um, a season review pod. Now I did have plans to do this, believe it or not. Uh, I had it all worked out that we. Well, you had plans. Yeah, I had plans, but I didn't share them with you because I thought none of these knobheads are going to fucking do this. There's, there's just no point. <laughs> so the plan was we could all take a month of the season and oh, pick out like hell. you know something good, something bad that happened, something funny, and and just do like a light-hearted review of the season. The problem with that was it would have took some like homework and research, and I thought no one's going to do that. I, so I just I'm never bothered putting well. it to you. Let's, let's, let's just do it now, the season review. It was shit, the end. Yeah. 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 Done. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Well, it, it was shit. It was supposed to be like light-hearted, and, but, you know, you've, you've kind of fucking ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, in theory, it was a good idea, but in reality, I knew none of you would be going for it, like, and, it, and I didn't fancy doing it either, if I'm being honest. So, um, yeah, there's not going to be a season review pod, but... I do think that we're going to make enough signings that we're going to be doing like fairly regular pods over the summer, plus any other like fun ones that we do in between. So I do think it'll keep us busy over the summer. Um, hey, we might even get to do a live one on transfer deadline day. You oh, know. I have been considering that, and I, you know, because like me and you, Brownie, obviously we watch like the No Laying Up, the, the yeah, golf yeah. pods, and like they do live shows and that. And I have looked at it and thought, could we do something like that? And you know the reason why I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm terrified that like if we were doing something live, one of us would just say something fucking that's gonna get us in like I don't think I, I don't I don't think you could trust me. I'll no, just say I, it now. I'll you would be number now. one on my list, isn't the, the most likely. I'd probably be number two. <laughs> so I just think it probably wouldn't be a good idea to do anything live because I, I just wouldn't trust us at all. So I, I don't think that that'll happen. But I mean, we could do some, uh, you know, some video ones that we record and put them out. But uh, definitely no live shows. God. We should do one and get like Dan at a uh, Anfield with like a yellow tie and that. Let's go over to Dan, Dan Corleone. Yeah, uh, I'll be like, Dan, 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 have you got anything for us? <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. <laughs> Dave, there's no signings. Dave. <laughs> uh, Gotta do it. Gotta do it. No, no live shows. Absolutely not. Definitely not. So I, I just think like that the summer though. It's it's a, it's good in the sense of like getting away from footy, but it's it's not good in other ways. Like I haven't told you this story. Like Chris knows about it, but I haven't said nothing to you. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago I'm just like at a bit of a loose end season's finished and I, t- I started watching like YouTube videos about like um, I've got I, I keep, I keep um, Japanese fire belly newts I've had them for like 18 years got two of them and I've been watching YouTube videos on like building like these like paludariums are called where it's like half land and half water and stuff 
and I just became like obsessed with it, you know, because I had nothing else going on, like there's no footy. So I'm watching these videos over and over, and Gail's out at work. I'm left to my own devices in the house. So like I, just, I went on like Facebook Marketplace looking for fish tanks. Are we in the fucking twilight? No, no, here? but I'm actually, I'm going to tie this in with footy at the end when I tell this story, because like, I was thinking about the story, I'm like, fucking hell, there's a footy analogy here, but I'll tell the story first. So like, I'm looking on Facebook Marketplace for a fish tank, and I measured out the space that I had for it, and I seen this fish tank in Skem, and it was like, it was bigger than, than like my space, but I'm thinking, oh, I'll, I'll find a way to make it work, I'll fit it in. So it was like a five foot tank. And so I'm looking at it thinking, five foot, it's big, but, you know, I, I'll work five around Five foot, it. that's fucking big. I know, day. but, like, <laughs> so I messaged the guy in Scam. I'm like, is this, you know, have you still got the tank? And are you going to be in today? He's like, yeah, 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 I've still got it, and I'm in. So, like, just this impulse by spare of the moment. It was only 30 quid, so I'm like, fucking hell, 30 quid for, like, massive fish tank. So I said, I'll be around at 2 o'clock. <laughs> so, like, I drive to Scam. And I go into the guy's house, he takes me through, and like the tank's in like the backyard. And I, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh shit. Like I knew it was five foot, I'd measured it out, but when you actually see it in, in like in reality, I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking massive. But like I felt like I was committed to it at that point. <laughs> so I gave him the 30 quid and like he had it on a trolley, so like he wheeled it out to the car. And then he's like, okay, you know what, I'll give you the hand into the car with it. So I put the seats down and that, so there was room to, to get it in the car. And you know when you're lifting something up and, like, you, you've got, like, a mental, like, estimate of, like, you can't do it. Without thinking about it, you sort of know what it's likely to weigh yeah, and yeah. how much effort you're going to have to put in to lift. So I'm looking at this and, like, my brain's, like, working it out. I'm like, okay, probably just about, like, 75% strength just so... I tried to lift it. It did not move one millimeter, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I, and, and like the guy lifted his end up, but like he obviously was like he was going to the gym and stuff. He was in better shape than me, so he lifted his up. And I'm like, "Fucking hell! I might not even be able to move this." So I had to give it like everything, like proper giving it the beans, and I managed to lift it. We got it in the car. Um, said like thanks. He went back in. I got in the car, started driving home, and then I'm like, "It just hit me when I'm like I'm driving." I was like. Fuck, how am I going to get this out the car? <laughs> Down the side path and into my office and up onto like and the car where it's going to be. <laughs> so I'm like, how, how am I, am I going to um, like get this out the car? So I'm like, okay, I'll ring me dad. Not because like my dad's going to be able to help me lift it because like, you know, my dad's like in his 70s. He's like small and that. So I'm like, okay, I'll ring him. He might have an idea. He might know what to do. So I ring me dad. I'm like, dad, have you got a trolley? something that I can put this fish tank on. He's like, yeah, I've got a trolley, so we'll put, I'll, I'll bring the trolley down, I'll meet you at yours, we'll put, the, put it on the trolley and we'll see if we can move it. So I get back to ours, my dad meets me, gives, comes out with the trolley, we get it out the car, we get it on the trolley, it weighs an absolute ton, I had to hose it down, it had all like sand and shit all over it, and I thought, I can't take that through the house, Gail's going to go mad. So I managed to get it down the side path, through my office door, and then I couldn't move it. It was stuck in, in, in like the doorway and I couldn't move the thing. And I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do now? Because like Gail had already said to me, Don't you be buying no fish tanks? And I just like <laughs> but I'm and I'm thinking, well, it's her own fault. She went out to work and left me in the house on my own. So it's like <laughs> it's like this is on air. She shouldn't be leaving me to my own devices. So this fish tank's like there and it's it's like I can't move it. So I thought, what am I gonna do? Because like she's gonna be home like at, at um, at five 
and I need, I, my plan was if I can get it up onto the cabinet, then she might see it and think, oh, yeah, it actually looks all right there. But as it was, it was just like standing up on its end in my office. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, I've got to tell her. So I told her, like, on the phone, so I thought it's better for me to, to ring it and just take the abuse down the phone than it actually come in and see it and kick off. And it was like 15 minutes, just a tirade of just, like, it just calling me all sorts, just going... You know, you can't even cut the grass in the garden, but you think you're going to spend all this time like doing, doing a fish tank. And I, what's wrong with you? You've got no commitment to anything. You really think that you're going to do this? This is just a fad, and you've just. She got, knows you so well. Don't I know. You? It's, I, I didn't even argue back. I didn't even argue back. I was like, yeah, I know, yeah. And it was like 15 minutes, like of, of just like talking me down and tell me what a loser I am and all that and I didn't even argue back because I'm like yeah she's right it's a stupid thing what, what am I even thinking why did I do it um so like I had to ring a mate who's like he used to be like a bodybuilder and that so he's like he's, he's big fella he's like strong I had to bring him like down to ours to pick this tank up put it back in the car and the next morning I had to take it to the tip and dump it and I was like oh fucking hell <laughs> but it was like it was only afterwards and I was thinking, like, you know, there's a, there's like a, there's a comparison to be made here. You know, if you replace me with Klopp, the guy in Skem is Benfica, <laughs> Gail is Michael Edwards, and the fish tank's Darwin. It's like, so I bought this thing and I had no room for it. There was no, it didn't fit in anywhere. It was like, it was just this impulse buy. I just thought, I want that. I'm going to go and get it. And there was nobody there to put these checks and balances in place. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if Michael Edwards is there, he says to Klopp, look, what are you doing? No, you might like that. You might want it, but that's probably not a smart thing to do. You've got nowhere to put that. It doesn't fit in with what you're trying to do. And so, like, Gail was there to say, fucking get rid of that. So I, I, I just had to, like, take the hit on the 30 quid, and I just had to take it to the tip and dump it. Um, how, how have you sat there for God knows how many minutes that took, and then at the end of it, you're Jürgen Klopp? What's going on? Like... Because I'm Jürgen Klopp last summer. It makes perfect sense. He didn't have Michael Edwards there. He was no, left to his own devices. Saying, but you always find a way to make you be the one who, who almost looks good coming out of it. Like, oh, look at me. I'm Jürgen Klopp. No, in, I, no, no. In this, Klopp look bad. And I'm looking bad. This is not like Klopp. This is not a Klopp being great. Yeah, but, we all, yeah, but a, we all love Klopp, don't we? And you all we love me. Love you. Yeah, we you don't do. Love you. Nah, you do. Come on, you do. You do. <laughs> oh, my God. Paul, are you still awake, mate? He got cut off like three or four times. <laughs> <so I'm> not... <laughs> I could Couldn't see like Paul stopped out and then Paul's come back in. I'm like, is this his connection going again or is he just fucking fed up with his story? <laughs> the, the connection's been going loads throughout the story. Uh, I wish mine had gone. You see, you, you missed half the story there, Paul. You just have to listen to it back. When, when, uh, I got onto you comparing yourself to Jürgen Klopp and Gail, that's, and Gail that's sussing I... you right off. Gail's got your got your mark well and truly, hasn't she? Like Michael Edwards had with Klopp, that was the point that I was making. But Edwards goes and then Klopp's left to his own devices and before you know it, he's on Facebook Marketplace buying a five-foot fish tank when he's got no room for it. Do you know what, Brownie? We can't let John listen to this part if he is Dave comparing himself to Klopp. Fuck yeah, now. Unbelievable. That's, take that it was to my little... takeaway from it as well. But he's, he's trying to make out that... Oh no, but Klopp looked bad. I'm like, yeah, but you're still comparing yourself to Jürgen Klopp. It always ends up. I was actually comparing you Klopp to me, but to you know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh god. 
Yeah, so and the, the way that story ended, by the way, is the next day I bought a three-foot tank and I've done what I needed to do with it now. So It's a Lexus, the three-foot tank. No, no, the, the, three, the three-foot the tank's Cody Gakpo. Okay. <laughs> because it fits where it needs to be. <laughs> That's the, so it does actually work when you think about it. The analogy works. It's Paul missed now. half of it, so Paul can't really back me up and you just want to take shots, Brownie, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> there is like there is a moral. You do to that exactly story. the same. Come no, on. there's a moral to that story. So we're gonna do any more on? Uh, do you want to do anything on Carvalho or on a little bit on um, Turam and uh, Kone? Well, I think Carvalho. If we're playing a system with two number tens and there's still no place for him, what does that say? You know, they're still looking yeah. at like either selling them or loaning them, and we're playing a system now which technically would, in theory, suit him. I think, like, you know, there's nothing down for the lads. I think they're, they're just going to get rid of him. Uh, all the reports that was saying they don't want to sell him because they yeah. do see a future for I know that you're going to, if you're bargaining, you're going to say that, aren't you? I get yeah. that. Um, I don't He's know. He's too lightweight, I mean. isn't he? He's, I mean, if, in, a, in a team that's lacked power and, and lacked, lacked aggression, I mean, he's, he's like kind of the epitome of that, really. I mean, I think Harvey's, Harvey's small, but Harvey's going a little bit the Mo way, I think, putting on that kind of like core, core strength. You can see improvements in uh, in Harvey's stature and strength, but um, Cavalio looks really, really good technical player. I but think he's very, a really very good player. He's not really a Klopp player, though, is he? And that, that's the thing. Like, yeah, when you think of the identity of a Klopp player, they, they tend to agreed. have a little bit more uh, physicality, don't they? He's another fish tank. <laughs> it's like he, he's, he's bought tank. him because he thought, yeah, I like the look of that. Yeah, I'll buy it, and then you get it, and like hmm. that was the one for what fish tank, yeah. which was too small. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's. I'm with you now. No, I get no, it say, now. See, it makes sense. You see, <laughs> and that's going to be a recurring theme. I'm going to be bringing the fish tank analogy up all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll talk about the other players who we've been linked with, but I don't want to go into it too deep because one, we haven't signed them, and two, if we do sign them, we want to have something to be able to talk about. We don't want to have covered it all. Yeah, fair but, enough. But um, I, I just like the fact with the two French lads that they're they're big, physical, imposing players. Um, without a compromise, really, on the other stuff that you that you want to see as a prerequisite for anyone coming into our into our team, you know they're clearly um, hungry, aggressive. They've got good touch. One have you? They're, you know, clearly intelligent players. But it's the physique, it's the power, and the height as well. You know, I've seen some people on the forum going on about what height height is a problem. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the very opposite. I mean, I think if a player comes into our team, there's the certain things which everyone has to have, regardless. But then after that, it's about small margins. And if you can have height as well as everything else that you'd want from a midfield player, then why would you not have it? Because well, I mean, mean I, height's I, a problem. What, what were the and people saying? Like these, some of these players, players are too gangly, too gangly that the uh, that the touch isn't really good on these players. But I've, I've watched the you know bits and pieces of these two lads, and the touch looks absolutely fine. And That's I also a lazy feel that thing to say. Yeah. really lazy, isn't it? And I, the other thing as well is, is that I, I I really feel that um, I mean, we how many times do we talk? last season about, you know, we, we were really slow to second balls in midfield, that we didn't cover the ground enough, we weren't mobile enough in terms of pressing and closing down. Uh, and, and, you know, but balls in the air as well, losing headers for the first time in years, I think, last season. And I think absolutely you want, if you can have some, some big grocks in the middle of the pitch without compromising on all the other aspects that you have, of, uh, of technique and talents and, and, uh, and awareness and what have you that you want from a player, then why wouldn't you? And I, I think we've been absolutely screaming out for something for a bit of power as well as that intensity and, and, and mobility yeah. in the middle of the pitch. And these two lads just have got that in spades, I think. 
I want us to be the bullies instead of getting bullied. Yeah, definitely. One of the things around that what screams out to me when I look at those two, like clips I've seen of them as second balls. Like, yeah. honestly, the amount of second balls we were losing last year was infuriating. And I, I think that wasn't necessarily just about individual like personnel. It was, a, it was a collective thing. There was a general malaise, wasn't there? But I don't know. I just think those players. It looks like we've got a coherent plan again, doesn't it? That that's the it does. Yeah, thing. I said it, it earlier, but it just goes back to that for me. Like we've got a plan. We've identified what the main problem was. Everyone can see it anyway, but we're going to actually address it with with you know a few players rather than just the one. And time, for me, that means that, that that for me means then if we do, if we do that, I can then begin to understand even though I don't think I can really forgive it because I think they should have anticipated it anyway, the whole Bellingham thing. Uh, that's what you I was know, just about to you know, say. Time I, will I, tell I, it. I thought right. he was dead to you, Paul. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it here, Dave. All right, I need, I need to leave the door slightly open. But uh, it, it's, it's, called, it's called the Usher Clause, being able to row back quickly when I, whenever it suits you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think uh, if that's the case that it becomes clear that the Klopp has, has realised that we need to do much more work than he thought and that this is what he's doing, and as Brownie says, it's part of a coherent plan to completely revamp not just the midfield but the whole team, um, then, yeah, absolutely, then I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, because the biggest thing, for I think, for all of us, really, that was so frustrating about the whole thing with Bellingham is that we'd set, set our stall off for so long told everybody what we were going to do and then didn't do it. But if there's something coherent to replace it, then good. You know, clearly we, we, we need to see what happens when these players eventually sign for us. But as Brownie just said there, it, it does look it does look like a coherent plan to me. Do we also try to replace Bobby? I think Gakpo was, was Bobby's replacement. I would not I replace Bobby. Anything. I, I, I would anything. go. I, I've seen no links for the forward line. But, but I, I still, I said it a few times last season, I really feel we need something to begin to put some pressure on Mo. Um, and maybe you could argue Doak is that, I suppose, although I think he's still very, very young for that. But I really want I really want some something there on that right side. I want someone who can give us an alternative on the right side. Just the same as I want pressure on Virgil as well. I just don't think any player should be in a position whereby they're eschewing every single week. If they're playing every single week, it must be because they're undroppable, because they're playing so well that you, you can't even begin to question the place in the team. Um and I, you know, I also just think coming back to to Dave's point before about we want to be the bullies. I want a little bit of, a bit more snidery in the side, you know, up front. I, I really, really want, and I know he's he's irreplaceable, really. But I want that kind of like, I want someone with that kind of Suarez esque warrior genius kind of vibe in the team. You know what I mean? I want someone who's like, who's who's just absolutely hungry, battling. But class as well, and I know, that's, I know that's a huge ask, and particularly when you're talking about somebody coming in as, a, as potentially an understudy to Mo in the first instance, who's got to fight to get in the team. But I think there is there is a gap positionally there, I think, and I'd like to see that. Unfortunately, it just doesn't look like the, the club's making any moves in that direction. I think it's more likely we sign a centre-half um, than, it is we, uh, than we sign a forward. Yeah, I don't think we'll sign a forward. I think Gakpo was, was the, the Bobby replacement that we just brought him in early, similar what we did with Diaz and, and Sadio. Sadio, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're signing anyone else. Plus, obviously, Ben Doak, but Kate Gordon will be fit again as well, hopefully. I mean, he's the forgotten man just because last season was a total write-off for him. He missed pretty much the whole season, didn't he? Um, yeah. But if they can get him back pre-season... Because I think not being in the Champions League makes a bit of a difference on, on that, that front because... 
you're in the Europa League. You can give Ben Doak those games. You, you can give Kate Gordon and you can give Molder Knight off in Europa League group matches. You can't really do that in Champions League group matches. So True. I think it does give us a bit more flexibility. The fact that you know we're not going to be playing Champions League teams. We're going to be playing teams who we should be able to make quite a lot of changes and still be able to get through the group. And some of the younger players will, will get opportunities in those games. So I don't think there's a need to sign another forward. Now, of course, that can change if like you end up getting unlucky with injuries and like what happened last season when I well, around about January time and we hardly had any forwards. But I mean, you can't really buy players on that eventuality that like you get like three players in the same position injured. You know, you just you can't do that because your squad's gonna be like too big. So I don't think yeah. we'll sign another forward, but what I was going to ask is, is what do you think with Taram and Kone? Do you think it's one or the other, or will it be both? I hope it's I both. Think, I think both, yeah. So do I, and I, I think if it's not, you know, if we're making a choice between one or, or the other, we've obviously approached both of them. The reports coming out of, like, you know, the the, the local journalists from, like, their, their clubs, like one plays in Germany, one's in France, Um the reports came out more or less on the same day or certainly within a day of each other. They've not gone away. They're still like, you know, every day you go on Twitter and like someone in Germany will be saying talks are advanced with Kone. Uh, in France, it'll be like, yeah, two Rams in negotiations with Liverpool, he's agreed to us, blah, 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 all this stuff. So it does look like they're negotiating for both. If we only signed one, it's a bit shitty because they're like fucking best mates as well. You know, yeah. It's like if you sign yeah. one and not the other after like you know leading them both on if you like so i think we probably are going for both and then the question then becomes do they go for um the, the spanish lad as well or is that like a backup in case one i don't of these think doesn't so go through? I, I think it'll be three midfielders personally rather than four. yeah me too the question mark think, i've got it... just to qualify what i said before about both is um i know they're still interested in a gravenberch aren't they so it could be a case that it is one of these two French lads and then they go for Gravenberch. But I think my general point was I think it'll option. be three. Yeah, it could be, but I, I just think it'll be three. I, I get the impression they're hedging the bets, aren't they? They're, having, they're taking conversations quite a long way yeah. with agents of a number of players. And I think they're going to... They'll clearly have favourites as they go in, but we know from business that they've done pretty much ever since Klopp walked in the door um, when the recruitment system became much more... Um, strategized um, that they'll have a backup options and they'll just if they, if they can't do the deal on the terms that they want for the first option they'll move to the second on the list I mean that happened with Mo Mo was a number two, a number two choice wasn't he rather than number what, one the market Sadly, this year that. with mid- midfielders seems unusually um, I don't know there's quite a lot of midfielders available in there when you look at it you've got Bellingham clearly was available Declan Rice is available we signed McAllister. It's like some years you look at it and you think, well, we're not getting option number one. We don't want to go to two because there's a big drop-off, but it seems like there's lots of different options. So it feels like the list can be a little bit longer in terms of who you who you would accept getting. I don't know whether Is that's it, true. It, whether, I don't know whether there's more of them or whether there's just more interest in them that like all the big clubs are suddenly making grabs for the best young players and they're all going at once. I mean, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea signed that 
Argent, uh, what's his name, Enzo, didn't they? They signed him, yeah. um, which kind of like bumped all the prices right up. As you said, Bellingham's gone. And it's, there's Mason Mount as well, I forgot to mention, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's just like all, all the big clubs are just thinking, now's the, t- now's the time. It's almost, like, um, it's almost like a land grab, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a race to grab, to grab the best talent. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a funny one, that, because a lot of them are younger players as well, aren't they? They're, a lot of the ones, well, certainly the ones we're linked with, they're probably you'd say they're more with potential than um, than than uh, you know proven um, proven ability. Particularly, you know, the French lads look both like, look like they got a very high ceiling. But at twenty two, you know, a couple of years behind where um, Alexis is, haven't achieved as much in the game as he has, and haven't developed as much as he has. But, but also, both look like they've got high ceilings to me. So it's like we're kind of like almost being preemptive, thinking we'll get them now and start to mould them, which I suppose ties into Dave's point before about keep um, Fabinho another year. I mean, I kind of lean towards your position, Brownie, and that I really just feel he, he fell off so far. I mean, I accept Dave's point that he, he came back sort of mid-season, but I think he fell so far um, that it really alarmed me, and I also just I've said it repeatedly. I think the squad needs shaking, really shaking. All up. in on that point. Uh, I didn't get a chance to speak about Fabinho before, but the, not the sole reason, but one of the big reasons for me about wanting them to go is when you spoke um, a number of weeks ago about almost sacrificing a big name and a, you know yeah. creating a bit of a shock and that ripple effect through the squad. Now you could argue Thiago. I would say not. Because of his kind of age, that profile, and the fact that he's, you know, his availabilities, injuries, all the stuff we've spoken about, I don't think that would be a massive shock. I think that would make sense. I think Fabinho, yeah. when you think about the friendships he's got, I know that's not a huge thing, but with you know these top level kind of squads, it is these like relationships that the players build with each other. If you see your mate going, and you know the message being sent is like, right, that was not acceptable. Yeah, you might have improved, you might have reacted well to it, and everything, but. No, you don't do that. We're Liverpool. We expect you to perform for, you know, 10 months, not like six. You've, you've got to do better than that. So now we're upgrading you. I, I, I think that message has got to be sent. And to me, I agree. Daniel's the one to do it. Do you know the one thing I would say about doing that, though? It's something you've got to be really careful about in leadership terms, really, in terms of how you do it. Because you want that sort of cold-eyed focus on performance, an impact, but what you don't want to do is to leave people like looking over the shoulders in a bad way. One of the yeah, things yeah. that Klopp does is harness harness the positivity and togetherness of a, of, a, of, a, of the squad, isn't it? He makes that annual commitment to his players. You're with me, and he's done that really, really well. But I think we've all felt that he's he's probably developed himself at Liverpool, and that he's come to have a squad where he's had to rotate, and he's had a he's had a sort of a um, a, 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 an array of talent that he's never experienced in his career before, and that's given him new challenges. But to, I, I, he's, to do that well, to be able to move somebody on in order to decisively shake the squad, but without kind of like having a, a negative side to that for the squad, is, is quite skillful. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, but he's but, able to do that. But that's he, right. That's, exactly. He, yeah. he's, he's, if anyone could do it, he can. That's in his he wheelhouse, isn't it, in terms of yeah. his skill set as a yeah. manager and as a person. I mean, I someone like Ferguson would just. Ferguson would just throw somebody under the bus and just be be the hard nosed. I don't care. You're playing that for me. Work if you for don't him do it as well. To be fair, it but did. That, yeah, that, that it did. But in. it was a different culture, yeah, wasn't it? That, it was a different that culture. Fit in. Yeah, that fit in with how we behaved anyway. So it yeah. became like mm. expected and normal. Whereas yeah. Klopp would somehow spin it into a positive. Like Fab, I've got you this boss move. 
go and play there, you know, that kind of thing. He'd, he'd end up yeah. almost somebody leaving and thinking, oh, yeah, this is great. That's just how good he is with, with the way he delivers his, his messaging. <coughs> I, I'd be shit at it. I'd be like, that was crap. Off you go. See you later. And then I'd wonder why they all went putting it in for me three months later. I, yeah. I don't think there's there's any way Fabinho goes, but I mean, N'Golo Conte's just got a hundred million to go and play in Saudi Arabia, hundred million a season. So maybe you could spin it to him that way. There you go. It's one way. Hey Fab, you know Ronaldo's teams on the phone, like they're offering you a hundred million to go and how play. Many, how many you, roast you say, dinners you say that can about, you make with that? You say that about <laughs> Fabinho, but I tell you what, they they must even if they're not going to make an offer out, they must have an eye on Mo. They must do. He's he's probably the biggest yeah. icon in the Arab speaking world in terms. Of, well, he is in terms of football in Arab speaking world. The too, um, in the too, Muslim uh, world, he's, he's too driven to go there at, at this at stage the moment, of his career. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he'll but, go there well, eventually, but not. What really. about a year's time? I still think yeah, that's possibly. too soon. I'm, but I don't know. And, and also, just wonder what they offer. You know, what if they turn around and offer him absolutely ridiculous money? You know, like they offer him something have. like a third of a billion or something like that. Yeah, come to us for three hundred and fifty million quid. They should have gone for Milner because he could have doubled up and, and played golf with them as well. <laughs> he's, he's a scratch golfer. They could have just said, you know what, you can join Liv. You've got to be better than fucking Graham McDowell. You know what, though, like, we're going to have to have that discussion at some point about that league and the money that they've got and what the, the plans are on the back of what happened with the golf. And I don't want to veer off onto a mad tangent, but it is it is concerning. It's concerning. They want a World like Cup, don't they? They want a World Cup by, uh, by they want the 2030 World Cup, I think. That's what it's about, and it's about the profile of football, and it's about it's about the schmoozing, um, and then after that, who knows? They can spend whatever they like on their own league as long as they're not fucking ruining ours. If they want to pay over the odds for old players to get them over there, good luck. Yeah, the pr- the problem comes when they move away from the older players and they start offering That's stupid it. money only have to and distorting the market. It doesn't happen. They only have to get one. It doesn't happen. America did it, and then they and never China had that tried money. it. They didn't, you know, have, they didn't have oil money. Years ago, it was China. I know, but they might have the money, but there comes a point where you think it's not worth it. It only takes one. You saw it with the golf. Like everybody said the same about the golf, and yeah, then one they goes, got all the and then a second goes, and then a third goes. Yeah, it only takes one knobhead, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, well, so let him fucking go. Oh, <laughs> they can yeah, take all the knobheads. The point is, if they want to go and get all the knobheads, fucking great. Take them. Start with Richarlison, <laughs> and then get Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> fucking get them all over to play in Saudi. Brilliant. Take all the knobheads like they did with golf. Transfer Brighton over there. That's what they should do. Yeah. Be good. Let them go and buy Brighton and let them fucking play over there. <laughs> God. Fucking Brighton. Uh, I think we need to wrap it up now because you've just mentioned Brighton again and you just fucking dragged me. <laughs> Killed your right mood. Yeah. Jude, Jude Bellingham. That's for you, Paul. <laughs> Fish tanks. That's for you, Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that, one, one more thing on that fish tank that I forgot to say as well. It's like when Adriana got in from school, I said it's a five foot fish tank. It's not five foot. It was bigger than that because Adriana came in and she fucking got inside it. She stood up in it. It was. She was like, "This is not five foot. This has got to be at least five foot five because I can stand up in it." I went Gail seen it. She was kicking off. She went, "It's like a glass coffin. Get rid of it." Uh, yeah, rest in peace, fish tank. Oh. Well, uh, hopefully we'll be back having another pod soon. Because yeah. we'll I've be got back a, in a couple of days at the Turan yeah. pod. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm joking apart. I think they might move yeah. quite quickly. You know? No, I do. It looks to be moving along, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, I think I think something's going to happen in the next few days. Um, ideally, like just one a week. 
for the next four or five weeks, so we're not having to do too much in the way of pods. <laughs> well, one a week works, doesn't it? But if we're doing them like every couple of days, it's nah, it's, a, it's a bit much. Gotta let it breathe. Right, we done. Anything else you want to add to this? No, I think that's it. No, all good. Yeah, sound. Right, well, yeah, we'll be back uh, when we sign Taram, Kone, Van der Ven, Gabby Vega, uh, whoever. You know, there might, might be... Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> Bellingham, the Madrid deal falls through. Paul will be fucking Farewell, sweet prince. <laughs> Suddenly he's alive to me again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's us done, and we'll be back uh, probably when we sign another player hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. (laughs) 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 What was this? It was really good.